for your goodness and mercy, God, your many wonderful blessings. God, we thank you tonight for all that you do for us daily. You load us with benefits, God. We thank you for the grace and mercy that's available for us in our life. The mercies that are new every morning, God, we thank you tonight. We bless your name. We magnify your name. You are a great God, and we lift up your name, Jesus. Be lifted high in this house, Lord. Oh, we've come to magnify your holy name, Jesus. Be lifted high in the house tonight, God. Oh, I'm praying, Lord, and believing tonight for great things because you're a great God, and we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, God. We give you glory and honor. It belongs to you and you alone. Blessed be the wonderful name of Jesus. Be high and lifted up in this place, God. Be exalted in this house. Lord, I, I give you praise. I give you thanksgiving. I bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving into this house. Blessed be your wonderful name, mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God, have your way in this place tonight. Oh, Jesus, we believe tonight. We believe tonight. Visit us here in this place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There are several needs. And um, we need to remember those. Uh, let's continue to pray for my mother and uh, um, that she would uh, feel her strength come to her soon. Um, even, even tonight, I believe that God can do it tonight. Amen. Well, let's lift up Brother Mike tonight. Uh, he needs God to move uh, in his situation. We'll believe in God in that situation there. Amen. Anyone else have a pressing need tonight? Okay. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Brian said that uh, it, it, it might be coming on. So we, we need to pray for, pray for them. All kinds of sicknesses moving around. Um, but God can keep us. He can, he can, uh, he can make it move out quickly. And so we're going to pray that God would do that and that there would be uh, protection and healing. Uh, Sister Holland. Okay. Yeah, let's remember Brother Naylor's uh, assembly there in Danville. Worker, what's her what's her name? Alicia. Okay. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. So much. Yeah, Sister Elvira. Uh, many that are fighting, uh, you know, different types of respiratory illness and colds and and the virus, and so we need to remember. Um, all those that are affected, uh, we are missing several tonight because of the illness. 
so we need to present these needs to the Lord. He already knows, and we're just going to, we're going to lift up our faith to him and trust him and, and believe and thank him for what he's going to do. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Ask the Lord to have his way. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for being mindful of our needs and knowing where we are. God, and we, we cast all of our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. And so we speak healing over these needs tonight. Lord, the, the illnesses that are moving through, this, uh, through the city and through families, Lord, we speak healing over everyone that's been affected by some kind of uh, illness, some kind of virus, Lord. We pray over the, the Bates family tonight uh, that, you would, uh, that you would touch Bryson, that you would allow uh, your healing virtue to flow into his body, Lord, that you would stop this virus from spreading. In the name of Jesus, let it be accomplished, Lord. Uh, we pray for Brother Mike, Lord, that you touch his body. That you'd heal him, O oh God. We believe you for it in the name of Jesus. Let it be done. We pray for Alicia, God. You know the need, you know the situations that she is up against, what she's facing. And we believe that you can meet her tonight. Lord, let your grace and mercy and your healing virtue meet her tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray for Sister Rochelle's family. God, you know what's going on. And you would make a way, bring deliverance, bring healing and comfort, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We speak it and declare it, God. And we trust you, Lord. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray, Lord, for my mother tonight. We pray that you touch her body. Lord, that you would remove the pneumonia in the name of Jesus. I believe you, God. I believe you, Lord. And we trust you tonight. Thank you for healing virtue. Thank you for the touch, oh God. We believe, we believe in the name of Jesus. Let it be done, God. We pray for Sister Elvira, God, in her household. Lord, that you touch her body. That you would bring healing into that home. In the name of Jesus, let it be accomplished, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We believe you tonight, God. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Ah, we believe, God, we're asking you to touch Brother Nail's congregation, Lord, uh, that that virus would be eradicated tonight in the name of Jesus, uh, that there would be no further spread. We come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we believe it tonight, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to trust and believe. So we speak tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you have done. What you accomplished, God, we believe that you're going to do great things tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight in our giving and with our voice. And now present your offering to the Lord tonight. And let's magnify his holy name. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Oh, glory hallelujah to our God. Every praise. Praise is to our God. Oh, let's sing it again. 
get to praise his holy name. I'm thankful that I get to magnify his holy name. I'm thankful that I get to come here 
gather with God's people and lift up his holy name. Amen. He is so good, been so good. And I am so thankful, so thankful for that tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Verses, we will begin with verse 40 and go down to verse 47. We'll read them through and then we're going to kind of back up and kind of go through that a little bit. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were all together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had Need, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now let's thank the Lord for his word and let's ask him to help us understand his word. To bring clarity to us tonight that we would receive it. Receive the engrafted word which is able to save our soul. God we thank you for this word that is forever settled in heaven God. And we want to acknowledge the need for it in our life in every area of our life. The need for it to bring counsel and wisdom to us and direction. And the things that you desire for your people to to experience and be a part of. God, we're thankful tonight that you called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And we want to be about your business, God. We want to do what you have called us to do. And we want to obey what is required of us to walk in that way tonight. Let there be, uh, let there be a, a word that, that would impart into our spirit tonight. That would help us moving forward in the name of Jesus. Everybody clap your hands and say amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Y'all may be seated. I want to I minister tonight from this, from this subject here. The four pillars of unity. I thought I was going to go in a different direction tonight. I kind of... 
on my way home from work, I had my my thoughts uh, rolling, and I was going to pick up in Ephesians, which that's kind of in the back of my mind of where I want to go back to, where we started in chapter one. But when I got home and got to got to uh, putting it all together, that's not how it happened. I couldn't get away from from this from this subject, and I think it's something that. Uh, that everybody in the faith needs uh, to be reminded of. And this is going to be uh, something that I believe, um, I, I am not sure that I, I've heard anybody uh, kind of break it down like this. I'm not saying it's kind of revelatory, but it is for me um, that I, I want to, uh, like there's not there's not a, article or there's not a scripture that talks about the four pillars of unity but there is something in the scripture where I where I pulled this from and so we will get there and and hopefully by the help of the Lord we will leave here with understanding about these four pillars of unity and so I want to start off by just saying unity how how important is it to you Do you want to feel like that you belong somewhere? I've heard different reasons for choosing the right church. And and one of the more common reasons is community. Where do my kids fit in? And do I fit in as well? I do realize that there are more reasons than that, but it's not just the music or the preaching or the days and times. Those are all important, but people leave when there is good music and teaching and preaching. And why do people leave community? People will leave a powerful church If the community is not right, can I tell you tonight that a church can be powerful and not have community, not have unity? And are they where God wants them to be? No, they're not. And I hope that churches that are like that realize that we're we're doing our very best to dig it out what God desires to do. And I want that to be what happens in this church is that we're digging this thing out and we we want more. We want to do more. We want to accomplish more. We want to get closer to God and we want to learn along the way. Churches all over the place that have powerful services, but what about the community. More than anything, the one thing that draws more people is unity. Everybody say, I want to walk in unity. Now let's back up and let's read uh, uh, through uh, verse 42 here. Acts 2 and 42. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, I want to point out today that this is where I polled this, this, uh, this idea, the four pillars of unity. Doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued steadfastly, the scripture said, and that means earnest or, or, or towards, they, uh, or, or we can put it this way, constantly diligent. They were constantly diligent in the apostles' doctrine and not just in the doctrine itself, right? There are churches that are powerful in word and they're powerful in music, but they're not powerful in fellowship. And they're not powerful in prayer. There's four pillars here tonight that we need to get a hold of. What did they continue in? Doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. This, my friend, is a description of what unity looks like. I can't say I love my brother or my sister, but not include them. You hear me tonight? This isn't your clique or my clique. This isn't my church or your church that we get to pick what unity looks like. We must look to the scripture to find out what is unity and what does a unified body look like. Listen, there was such unity in the first century church that fear came upon every soul. Do you hear me tonight? Fear came upon every soul. Why? Because they were together. Because they were united. Let's look at verse 43. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. This unified body of believers would move through the land, shaking kingdoms, disrupting cultures, and causing fear to enter those who witnessed this unrivaled storm of Holy Ghost power. You know what's missing in this hour today, brother and sister, is unrivaled Holy Ghost power. It's one thing for us to experience it in our own life and have victory in our own life, but the bigger picture is that God would have us come together and shake the kingdoms of this earth and walk with mighty power and outpouring and signs, wonders and miracles. We want signs, wonders and miracles, but we won't unite. Can I tell you that unity, and I said this before already, unity is more than just being in a place together. Unity is more than just putting up with somebody. Because you might put up with somebody, but you might not invite them to your house. You know what church folks ought to, we ought to be, everybody in the church ought to be welcome. 
I'm talking about the church body. I'm talking about the core group of people. I'm talking about the core group of people that want to truly live for God and please Him. We ought to be welcome in each other's homes, in each other's lives, not trying to put boundaries between each other. Because listen, this is the church Jesus said, I will build. This was a completely functional body of Christ on the earth. But 2,000 years later, my question is, what happened? What happened to that force that moved through Jerusalem and into Samaria and to the uttermost parts? What happened to that force, that unrivaled storm that began to blow through the land, bringing about restoration and revival and signs, wonders, and miracles? And the Lord was working with them, confirming His word with signs following. What happened to the first century church? Why is it so much different? We have some things in common with the first century church. We have the doctrine. But listen, we, we're not just a one pillar faith. This is not just one pillar. We've got to have all four of them. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 through 23. And you here tonight, brother and sister, you're the core. And so I'm going to preach to you because I expect more out of you. <laughs> come on, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the fringe people that won't commit. You're here tonight because you committed. But let me, let me preach this the way, the way that I feel it in my spirit tonight. Listen, we've got to get back. We got to get back to we got to go all the way back to the 1st century. And we got to have a kingdom minded to the point where we're willing to forsake everything in order to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named. Everybody say every name that is named. I want to tell you that Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth and he has absolute dominion and his people. In our, listen. Listen, receive this tonight. His people ought to be walking in that power, in that authority, in that dominion. Every name is subject unto us through the name of Jesus. You remember, you remember when the disciples, when the, when the 70 came back and they were, they were just ecstatic, they were beside themselves. What they discovered out in the field is that even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. 
Come on, it, uh, we ought to be shocked uh, that when we speak against demonic activity that it has to flee because we've got power and authority not of our own doing but because we know who is above all principality and power and might and dominion. Listen, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He never loses it. He'll never lose that power and authority. It's his forever. Verse 22. And he and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be. You hear me tonight. Gave him to be the head over all. Things to the church. Can I tell you tonight that that name that has that our king, our savior, that has absolute dominion and authority over every principality and power is the head of the church. He's the head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Can I tell you the big picture of what you are a part of tonight is the body of Christ. You literally are the body of Christ on this earth. And if he is the head of your life, then you have that authority and you have that power. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. We're not just one in Christ. We're to be one with each other. You hear me tonight? With all our differences beside ourselves, we are to be one. We are to be one and, and work diligently to make sure that it happens. Don't you know it's your responsibility with me and the help of the Lord to work together to be one, to put aside differences. Listen, let me say this, to be willing to say I'm sorry. To be willing to ask for forgiveness. To swallow that nasty old pride and say, I was wrong, forgive me. Instead of saying, I don't have, I don't need to do anything. You got to repent right there for that attitude. <clears throat> Listen, if we're not careful, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to make this church dysfunctional. He did not call us to be dysfunctional, but that is what happens when the four pillars of unity are lying in ruins. 
Can I tell you tonight that the four pillars of, 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 of unity, they are in ruins and people are beginning to build those places. They're beginning to revisit those places. And what we've got to get in our mind, if those pillars aren't working, if those pillars aren't standing strong in this assembly, then we must have all hands on deck to work together to bring restoration and, bring, and be building building those pillars back we can be together listen we can be together and still be dysfunctional but if we don't build those pillars who will listen I'm telling with everything in me I, I am so tired of watching crusades in other countries accomplish and be a part of everything I want and desire in this city, in this country. Oh, but I, I, let me tell you this. Whenever those people, whenever ministers, they go over to these crusades, they got one thing in mind. You hear me tonight? They're not going over there to, to complain about, well, it's my, I, get, I get five minutes and you get five minutes. No, I get 25 minutes and you get five minutes. They, they're not bickering and complaining about who's doing what. They're just together because there are souls that want the Holy Ghost. And they begin to preach in unity. And the outpouring of the Holy Ghost blows over thousands of people receiving the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there is a united effort. Which brings me to a place there are barren churches in America because there is no unity. Are you going to let someone else do what God has called you to do? He did not call any of us to individualize his kingdom. Although this kingdom is made up of individuals, we're one. Do you hear me tonight? Everything that's individual must die out. Our thought process, the way that we look at the kingdom, if it's all about individuals, or myself included individual, then I've got to get a bigger picture and i got to go back to the altar and pick up the hammer and pick up the tools and work to build the unity of the body. We don't worship people. We don't have favorites. You hear me tonight? We share We're not going to be jealous. We're not going to be jealous. Listen, let me let me just add this. If I'm in the kingdom, there is no room for jealousy. Because there's too many people that I could be connected to and not be jealous of. Well, man, they get to hang out with them. Oh, they get to do this thing and that. And they get to, they get to, but what are you doing? Who are you reaching to? Listen, it's more than one or two or three or four people. Listen, this, this, this church, 
is there are many members of this church and we ought to see them as family that we want to spend time with, that we love and appreciate and realize that we, 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 value, we value their attendance. We value their commitment. We value them showing up to prayer meeting and showing up to church. We value you, brother and sister. Uh, don't, be, don't be intimidated. Don't be discouraged. We value your attendance. We value your membership. You are part of the body of Christ. He didn't call us to individualize his kingdom but to unite. In fact, be diligent in our efforts to protect the unity. You hear me tonight? He didn't call us to, he called us to, to work to protect that unity. Together, together. Why? Why? Why, do, why must we protect the unity? Why, why must we do our due diligence to protect the unity? Because that's where revival is going to come from. That's where the favor of God is going to come from. Let's look at verse 44, Acts 2, 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Do you hear? This is, this is another example here. They protected the four pillars of unity. They met needs. They shared. They included everyone. Listen, when, kingdom, when people are kingdom-minded, they'll include every single individual in the kingdom. If I'm individual-minded, I'm only going to have a few people in my mind. The kingdom is bigger. Well, we don't share the same, the same things. Listen, I, I talked about this. We are connected. There is a ligament running through all of us, the spirit of the living God. If you don't have anything to talk about, you scrap those useless, worthless conversations and talk about the goodness of God, talking about your faith, talk about your testimony, talk about what God showed you, talk about what you read in the Word. Come on, talk about Him! Talk about Jesus. I want to point something out back at verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saving, say, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. Now, I know, I know that part of that was the gospel. It was Acts 2 and 38, right? That was part of that. But you know what they did to save themselves from this untoward generation? They upheld the four pillars of unity. Do you know how you're going to save yourself from this untoward generation? The body of Christ. That is the only way you're going to make it through. 
God never intended for a man to be by himself. He never intended for a, for, a, for, a, for a sheep to wander. The sheep must be in the fold. The sheep must be within the boundaries of protection. The sheep must be together. The people of God must be together. If I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation, I need a church. I need a pastor. I need to show up. You know, one of the biggest parts of, of unity is showing up. Is your commitment. We, we know who values the unity of the body when they show up effortlessly every time we get together. And I applaud you for making your way to prayer meeting on Tuesday night. It shows, it shows where your heart is, where your commitment is. Listen, when the doors open, we show up. And it's not just here. What we're going to have to get out of our mind, this isn't the only place we show up. Verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now listen, let's take a look at that for a moment here because we see the four pillars of unity in this passage again. Continuing with one accord in the temple. What's that? Doctrine and prayer. Doctrine and prayer. What do you do at the temple? The word and prayer. And praise, right? Those are, those are the spiritual things that we do. That, that, that's, that's part of who we are. That's a pillar. That's, that, those are pillars right there that we need. And then they went, what? House to house breaking bread. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Listen, that's uh, uh, fellowship. Gladness and singleness of heart. They did this, listen, they did this with joy and simplicity. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Everybody say all the people. I believe if the church was unified, we could walk through this city and have favor with all the people. If we believe that. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They were added every day. Wow. Now, I'm, I'm doing my best to wrap this up here tonight. The formula here tonight is simple. Unity. But the devil knows what will happen when there is unity. So he does everything to disrupt 
That's why we must not let our feet be swift in running to mischief or our tongue speaking perverseness because it breaks the spirit. Do you hear me tonight? What we say and what we do and where we go and what we're a part of, if it's not in unity, we are breaking the spirit. Read some passages here. Paul writes in Romans in uh, chapter 16 and verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Mark them and avoid them. They're not part, they're not part of the core. Come on, they're not part of the ones that want to live for God. They're they're the tares. They're the ones that don't want to be here. They're just here to see what's going on. Maybe even to make fun of people. Maybe to scoff and complain. Listen, mark them and avoid them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Listen, what Paul faced, uh, what the first century church faced towards the end, uh, they, it, was, it was beginning to... to uh, uh, there, there were things that were beginning to, to take root in the church and there were divisions that were beginning in the church. And Paul was saying we cannot do that. We got we to gotta warn, we got to watch, and we got to avoid. Because those divisions will disrupt everything that God is trying to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In verse, uh, chapter 11 and verse 18, for first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Partly believe it. You, you read through the epistles. And you, you see what was Paul saying to the churches as he wrote. He would talk about things, talk about carnality, talk about division. You know what? A pastor shouldn't have to stand behind a pulpit and always preach against someone's flesh. Those things have to be addressed because the flesh must die. If we're going to walk together in unity, we can't, we can't be striving. We can't be envying. We can't be causing division. We got we to gotta, we gotta make sure that what we say is, is really what needs to be said. And can I tell you what is another big thing is I, I, I think... Uh, I think we have called, um, I think we have labeled gossiping as just trying to get information. 
just trying to get some little information here. What's it going to do for you? It's going to help you build an opinion about somebody that you're supposed to love and unite with. You know what? We ought to squash those conversations, at, at the terrors that slip in there and try, to, and try to sow doubt and try to sow unbelief and try to sow discord and division. Those voices, those small things that kind of slip in and say, did you hear about? Nope, I didn't. And I'm not going to. That's, that's protecting. That's protecting. When you, when you see a conversation going in a certain direction, you know what you ought to do? You ought to have enough Holy Ghost in you to say, this is where we're stopping this. I love you, but I'm not going there. We're not on the same place. We're not in the same place. Because there will be people that come to you, you're not, on the same, you're, not, you're not in the same place spiritually. And so you can't entertain them, their conversation, because they're here. We're guarding, we're guarding, we're protecting what God has called us to protect. The unity of the body. That is the most valuable thing in the church. And that is what's going to bring revival. The unity of the spirit is we are at one with God's spirit. And where he moves, the entire church moves. That's how we're going to make a difference in this city. That's how we're going to make a difference in life is when we do it together. Real quickly, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. I'll probably just read a few scriptures and then we'll be done. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. How many times do we need to read and hear being of one accord and of one mind to realize how important it is to be together? Not just in a room. I said, I said this, forgive me for saying this, uh, but pastoring is like herding cats. You ever tried to herd cats? They kind of want to do their own thing, don't they? You know, and you know, sometimes people just want to do their own thing. And to get people to get behind a vision and get a hold of what the Word of God says and, and, the, and the possibilities. This church has potential, but if, but if we do nothing with it, it's just we're going to linger and be disappointed. Uh, the potential will do nothing for us. We must rebuild. We must rebuild the pillars of unity that bring revival. Verse 3. Let nothing, let nothing Absolutely nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, what? In humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. Swallow that pride. Right? Let each esteem other better than themselves. Got some Pentecostal snobs. I'm not saying that they're here, but I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them at conferences and conventions. Pentecostal snobs. Vain glory. Strife. No humility. And you know what? I'm going to avoid that. 
I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to mark that and stay away from that because that's not what God called us to be about. He called us to walk in humility. Lord, I am not worthy to be here. I am just a servant. Uh, it's like the son that came home. Uh, I'll live in the servants' quarters. I don't need to sit in the big house. I don't need to be uh, be close to you. Uh, I know I've messed up and done some things wrong. I just I'll just stay somewhere connected to you. I don't have to be in the big house. Come on, we would all do a lot better if we were hum- uh, walking in humility. Humility is not just, it's not cowering. Humility is saying, I love you so much, I'm willing to take my needs and put them aside so we can work on yours. Now listen, listen to the next few verses real quick. Let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul goes from talking about being, being, uh, being humble. He goes from a place of looking at other people's needs and talking about other people's needs to the very mind of Christ as an example of how we are supposed to think and respond and operate. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. He could have have done anything he wanted to do. As God, he could have done anything he wanted to do. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But listen what he did. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Listen, the reason that I think so many people are are, are discouraged and disappointed in Pentecost is they have lost the mind of Christ and they no longer serve. They're looking for self-service, self-serving. They're not looking to humble themselves. Oh, they're not looking to humble themselves, become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We got a bunch of self-service in Pentecost. It's made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9. Wherefore God hath all highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. You hear me tonight when we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. But that will only come through humility. And if we want to be united, that will only come through humility. It will only come through having the mind of Christ. Jump down to verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will 
and to do of his good pleasure. God is working in the church to do his will and his good pleasure. Verse 14, do all things without murmuring and disputings. Well, this, this goes back to the, well, I, I'm just not getting my five minutes. I'm just not getting what I need to get. I need about, I need, I need some more pastor's time. I can't, or pastor's wife time. I, I'm just not getting what I need to get. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pout and suck my thumb. <laughs> Missing the whole point that the reason that we're here is for God to do his goodwill and his pleasure, not my pleasure. I don't come in here to find a high seat in the club. I come in here as a humble servant. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You didn't have to save an old wretched man like myself, but you did. And I'm so very thankful tonight, God, that you reached into my life and you saved me from a devil's hell. You pulled me from the fire. The least I can do is give you my body a living sacrifice. The least I can do is let that be my reasonable service. So that your mind would enter my life. So that your mind would affect the way that I look at the world. The way that I look at the church. The way that I look at my brother and sister. Let those eyes be filtered through the mind of Christ. When I look at my brother and sister, let my eyes be filtered with the mind of Christ. Listen, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. You know what the enemy wants to do? He wants to taint your light. We are light bearers. You hear, you hear me? You know when that light goes out is when that light begins to all be about you. I want to shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I want to shine like the light that God has called me to shine. And could you imagine how bright, how bright this assembly could be if every one of God's people would come together as light bearers and walk in unity the fire and the power and the light that would emanate from this place. Listen, the splendor and the glory. Oh, I believe we can have an Azusa Street revival in Winchester. I believe we can have a revival. Oh, that if we were to, to go on to meet our reward, that generations after this would be like there was something that happened in Winchester because they got a hold of unity. Let's stand. Listen, I, I believe, I believe there are some things that need to be destroyed 
There are some idols that need to be destroyed. There are some traditions that need to be destroyed. Uh, Pentecost is not about me. The church is not about me. It's about what Christ is building. It was never about you. But God said, I'm going to give them an opportunity and see what they do with it. I look across this congregation and I feel like the Lord looks across this congregation and what he sees is potential. But I'm here to remind you and warn you, do not waste your potential. If you want to do your part, you must pick up the tools and work to build the four pillars back in your life and in this assembly. I'm calling for builders. I'm calling for laborers. I'm calling for people that want to build. If that is you and the Lord is calling you, it's time to pick up the tools and build. This altar is open for anyone that wants to come. Give it back to the Lord. Make it about Him. Find somebody to pray for. Find a brother and a sister. Find somebody to link up with and pray. Release healing over them, over their lives. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you. 
you to take inventory of your life. Listen to me tonight. If you can't if you can't look at your brother or your sister without having some type of animosity disrupting the unity of the body. Do you hear me? If I can't look across the aisle and see my brother and my sister, no matter who they are, and not want to see them survive, but something inside says, I don't want them here, then you are part of the divisive efforts of the enemy. I want us all to get a hold of that. Because if there is somebody that when you look at them, gets walks all over, you know what you ought to do? You ought to pray about it and go to them and begin to work it out. It might be a hard thing to do, but I'm telling you, that's what peacemakers do. The hard thing is, I'm not just going to sweep this under the rug. We're going to deal with it. Because I love you. And I don't want to be a part of what the enemy, we're not ignorant to his devices. He wants to, listen, he would, he would have no more, no, his greatest pleasure is to, is to pull someone right out of the fold. And he will use church people sometimes to do it. But we, we're not ignorant. We're going to recognize it. If I've got ought against, or if I've got something, if there's something inside of me uh, that every time I look at him, I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to figure out what that is, and I need to work through it. Not avoid it, because you avoid that thing, and you know what? You'll, it'll eventually drive you right out the doors. Unity will keep us all connected. It will keep us all together, and we must do everything we can to walk in unity. Now, let me just say this, because I feel like, I feel like the Lord showed me something here. What, what, we have, what we have done in, this, in, in the American church culture is we have individualized ourselves. We are together in church, but when we leave, and that's it. Some of you that have been so lonely, you need to get together with somebody. Don't stay at home and be lonely and discouraged. Get together with your brothers and sisters. Get together. Come on. You know what we ought to do? People ought to be inspired to get some small group things going on. I may not be able to put everybody in my house, but I'm going to invite people into my house. And you know what? It's not going to be the same people. There's going to be a revolve. There's going to be a rotation. And there's going to always be a new face because I want as many. To, I want to connect to as many as I can. 
There's no, there's no reason for people to be lonely in the church. Get together with God's people. What the enemy wants you to do is stay isolated and stay sick. When you're by yourself, oh, I just, you know, it'll hit you. It'll hit you. You know where we draw our strength from? Each other. And the Lord working in both of us. Every time I have a conversation with somebody about the Lord, I feel that strength. I feel the surge of His power. You know what? That's, that's, that's that unity working. Make plans. Get together with people. Don't be so distant. Don't be so backward. Come on. People love you. You don't have to be an extrovert. But come on now. Get beside yourself and get together with people. God's people. It doesn't matter who we spend time with. You hang around negative Nancy and you'll be one too. Oh, but I want to be successful. I want to hang around God's people who are hungry for God. Amen. I love and appreciate you all. Thank you for hearing, uh, hearing my heart tonight. I believe God is going to do great things. Amen. Let's come back this weekend, Sunday, and let's pray at 11.15. And uh, have a tremendous day in the Lord. God bless you. You are dismissed. In Jesus' name.